AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This is the lunch rush at your local deli. Orders are flying in. Online, on the phone, and in person. Order for Nick. So is it possible that fast internet could help your business outrun the rush? It is with Comcast Business. Powering your connected devices with gig speed Wi-Fi and fast downloads and uploads. With Comcast Business, next level speed isn't just possible, it's happening. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Requires gigabit internet and compatible router. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Bogman. Follow me on the Twitter at Bogman Sports. I'm joined, as always, by Pat Fitzmorris at Fitz underscore FF on the Twitter machine. Fitzy, it's the hater episode. <laughs> we got, uh, we're going to talk about 15 players that we would like to avoid in your Dynasty drafts, maybe trade them off. If you have already done your draft, uh, do you enjoy this one or do you enjoy the positivity more? What do you think? Oh, I love this one, Boggs. I'm I'm full of rage. <laughs> uh, I've been drinking extra coffee this morning. I'm ready to just uh, tear some guys to shreds. No, I mean, like, it's not necessarily guys we hate and think are all trash, you know, but like. We're also not right. just going to tell you the obvious things. We're not going to give you, uh, you know, sell Allen Robinson. Like, you don't need to hear that. We're right. going to like, these are guys that some people might like in Dynasty. Less obvious. Yeah, this is this yeah. is more uh, us throwing cold water on uh, some people's hopes and dreams. Right, exactly. So, you know, I mean, look, I've got a Sooner in here to start with. So I know everyone <laughs> is, is going to say, oh, the Texas guy not liking the Sooner. But it is a guy that I've sucked my neck out before here fits and yeah, i'll Fox, just go is, ahead is this going to be all sooners and aggies and baltimore yes, ravens yeah, for yeah, you got, all, like uh, all the guys you hate yeah i actually do have a couple ravens uh but but uh yeah yeah i don't i don't know oh i do have no i don't have any aggies uh i don't think so um i'd have to double check my list here but uh let's start uh, let's start at the quarterback position and get into the sooner that i'm gonna say that uh maybe you should avoid maybe look to trade and it's funny I'm saying this fits, even though I am higher than ECR for dynasty on him. It's just uh, Kyler Murray to me is a guy that I feel like you can move on from. And in super flex leagues, it's going to be tough that he obviously provides a lot of rushing upside. Uh, the Cliff Kingsbury offense was great, you know, very open, very throw heavy, all that stuff for him, spread it out. So he has more uh, lanes to run. But a couple things happened here. Um, number one, we heard the questionable stuff about his work ethic, right? Like, sure, everyone now makes the Call of Duty jokes and all that stuff. But, I mean, that's a little weird. So that was, like, kind of 
hint number one to me that maybe Kyler Murray was going on a downhill track. Then he, of course, injured his knee. He's coming off ACL surgery uh, in this offseason. I know that, um, you know, they want him to be ready for week one, but that is a tall task uh, to for for him to, you know, live up to to be back immediately. I don't think he's going to be back week one. I think you have expressed your concerns about that as well too, Fitz. And um, the third strike for me is that this offense should slow down. You have Gannon coming over from Philly, a defensive coordinator who is probably going to want to slow that offense down a little bit, run the ball a little bit more, especially with a horrid defense. I mean, the Cardinals and the Rams are going to have some bad defense in the West this year for the NFC. And, you know, you want to keep your bad defense on the sideline and gassed up. So you slog a little bit on offense. You let the play clock run down. You run the ball a little bit more. Plus coming off a of knee surgery. I think that rushing upside for this season is going to be at least significantly lowered. If not, uh, you know, just gone outright. So, you know, also, Kyler Murray has a baseball career to fall back on and he's only 27. So if he decides that he doesn't want to do this and he doesn't want to work as hard as you have to, to be a quarterback in the NFL, he could go start his career, Tim Tebow style in, in baseball. So uh, there's just too many outs for Kyler Murray for me to really trust him moving forward from this point. Great talent. Uh, I worked with Cliff Kingsbury. I just, I'm afraid of uh, him kind of sinking like a stone. What do you think of Kyler Murray Fitzy? So it's interesting, Boggs. I mean, I, I do think his career is sort of at a crossroads right now. And uh, like you, I'm I'm very pessimistic that he is back in time for week one. I mean, he tore his ACL, I believe it was week 14. So right. um, that would be a pretty aggressive timeline to get him back. Plus, I don't think the Cardinals have any uh, aspirations of, of going to the Super Bowl this year, you know, so like there's really going to be no need to rush. Yeah, yeah if, if they do indeed view him as their, uh, you know, quarterback of the future and like they've now made a, a commitment to him, it looks like he's going to be there's really no need to bring him back aggressively this year because this is a building team like what they did in the draft to maybe set the, you know, set themselves up for the future. But clearly they're not in it to win it this year. Um, yeah, but where I'm going to push back on you a bit, Boggs. Well, first of all, on the, on the bad defense thing, I mean, like maybe you want to run the ball, but like, we know that's not going to be possible. They're just the game quarter. You're going to be passing. Yeah. The yeah. game scripts are just not going to be favorable. And if anything, that could maybe fuel some like big spike games for Kyler. And I mean, speaking of spike games, Boggs, this dude's had a lot of them. I mean, and I've, I've like my most important dynasty league, uh, we did the startup in 2020 and I got Kyler. I think Kyler was my first round pick. Um, like he's been really good, man. He's when he's been healthy, he has piled on the points. And there were even these games last season where he would be like slogging along at halftime. He'd be like five eleven pass five for 11 passing for like 62 yards, barely anything on the ground. You're like, Oh man, Kyler is just having a rough week. And then all of a sudden you turn around and he's got like 23 fantasy points, like these big second halves, like this dude can really pile up the points in a hurry. Like now, is he the equal? Uh, is he as good a real life quarterback as fantasy quarterback? Maybe not. And, and I know, you know, like uh, my good friend's brother-in-law is a, a Cardinals season ticket holder and he can't stand Kyler. 
Like he wants them to, <laughs> he wants the Kyler Murray to be over, uh, Kyler Murray era to be over yesterday. So, um, yeah. but man, like for, for fantasy, I'm not, I, for I a think, smaller guy too, though, coming off the knee injury fits like, uh, you better not hang him out to dry back there too many times. Right. Cause those quarterbacks take big hits. Uh, and that offensive line is still, you know, I mean, it's probably middle of the road. Yeah. But I, I do feel like the the price has come down on him a little bit in Dynasty. So right now I'm I'm kind of leaning more towards fairly priced than overvalued. But I you do make some good points. I totally understand where you're coming from. That is fair. The next one is, you know, we told you we're not gonna give you obvious ones. And uh this one is a little obvious for me. I'm gonna say Tua, and I love Tua as a talent. But obviously with him going out so many times with the concussions last year, I mean, he had to this offseason working with a jujitsu specialist to learn how to fall properly. So he doesn't bang his head on the ground like he did last year. I mean, you know, the the writing is on the wall here for his career to be over fairly quickly. Great talent, averaged over 20 points per game last season. So uh, he has Tyreek, he has Jalen Waddle. Uh, there's tons and tons of talent in Miami around him too. Uh, great system for a quarterback, but it, it just boils down to the health concerns long-term. So for right now, I would say you hold on to him, let him play a couple weeks of the season, get those impressive numbers up again, and then trade him at his peak if you can. That that would be my suggestion with Tua, but I would I would try to get out from under this guy if I could at this point and take someone younger, you know, it, get a rookie QB, wait for one of those guys coming out next year as well. I just, I have real concerns in my heart for Tua. Uh, I hope, I hope he plays 15 years, uh, but I do not expect him to last very much longer. Yeah. Mixed feelings here too, Boggs. And it, it seems like you're really picking on that uh, favorite dynasty team of mine. Cause my top two quarterbacks are <laughs> Kyler Murray and Tua Tungavailoa. I just um, looked at your roster fits and just went down <laughs> it. So, yeah. So uh, I totally understand the, the health concerns. I mean, like multiple brain injuries, like he's, he's at risk, like he's at, at greater risk than other players. No question about that. And it's, it's worrisome to know that his career could be over with the snap of your fingers, you know, like it could right. happen really quickly. On the other hand, I mean, we did see last year that two is actually a pretty good quarterback, you know, He's like a great we, quarterback. Yeah, yeah. And there were, there were questions about it last year. You know, there were definitely people lined up on either side of the two a debate, uh, you know, ready to talk about his merits just as a player alone. And I think last year he proved that he's pretty good, man. Uh, you know, plus, having Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle at his disposal, not at all bad. Um, Definitely helps. Yeah. So uh, we'll see if the jujitsu specialist helps. Maybe you should spend <laughs> some time with like some WWE trainers too. If he goes to, oh. goes up to Buffalo and like a defensive tackle tries to put him through a table. Yeah. Uh, got he'll tables be able to up take there. it. Yes, exactly. So um, get him in one of those hardcore matches for sure. So, <laughs> risky, uh, risky without question box. Um, you know, yeah, but it, it is, uh, I, there's, there's reward there too. So it's, it's all how you calibrate the risk and reward, whether you think where he is currently going in startups, what you think his trade price currently is, whether you think that's reasonable or not. And I can understand just like wanting no part of Tua. Yeah. I mean, you could trade him now and he could play for a long time and you could, you know, look 
look like a dummy. I mean, that, that, that is within the realm of possibilities. Right. Uh, but I just, with all those brain injuries, like you said, I mean, these guys, you know, they want to remember their name at the end of the day. And Tua would have a great career in broadcasting or as a coach, like whatever he wants to do beyond playing in the NFL, I think he's going to be great at anyway. So he doesn't, you know, some, some guys need the NFL. They don't have a lot of other options. Tua is not one of those guys. Very smart. Uh, could do a lot of other things. So before we get to your quarterback, because I believe you only have one Fitzy, I got to tell you that we got the winner of our one-year Fantasy Pros Premium subscription giveaway. It's War Xander. Please get in touch with our customer support agents at mailbag at fantasypros.com with proof of your subscription to the Fantasy Pros YouTube channel and your current fantasypros.com username if you haven't already, and we will get that upgrade process for you as soon as possible. Again, the winner is War Xander. Congratulations. Um, and remember, we're going to be doing the, the same thing this month. Subscribe to our Fantasy Pros YouTube channel. Comment below the video. Because when you do, you could win a free FRWE upgrade to Fantasy Pros Premium, just like Warzander. Whether you're looking for custom mock drafts, salary cap tools, um, in-depth analysis of your fantasy performance, Fantasy Pros Premium has the tools to help you win. Unlock the most powerful fantasy tools in the industry. If you don't want to wait for the giveaway, sign up today at fantasypros.com premium and start playing smarter, not harder. All right, Fitzy, I gave you two QBs. I think you only have one. Who is your QB here? All right, Boggs. I'm just going to warn you. I'm coming in hot here. So uh, Ooh, put, put your I oven like mitts it. on. Yeah, hot takes coming. Um, Justin Herbert. And uh, yeah, so just to reiterate, as I said in the the opening, um, you know, this is not to say that Justin Herbert sucks. He clearly does not right. suck. And, uh, you know, I, I would love to have him as my quarterback. Uh, I think most fans would love to have him as their quarterback. There aren't too many guys who are an upgrade on Justin Herbert in real life. Where I have an issue with him is that I routinely see him going fourth, fifth, sixth in dynasty startups. Right now, ECR is fifth. Yeah, I've got him ranked quarterback eight. And in addition to seven other quarterbacks, I would also take Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase ahead of him in startups. So I would take him no earlier than 10th in a startup, but, uh, you know, he often goes in the top half of the first round. I guess my issue with him is that, you know, he was amazing as a rookie, uh, 22.9 fantasy points a game, upped it to 23.3 in year two. Last year, he kind of cratered a bit, 17 points a game, was the quarterback 11 for fantasy scoring. Now, you could definitely blame his lackluster season on Joe Lombardi, um, I, I think the Charger offense got a little stale with Lombardi as the OC, and now maybe that Kellen Moore is there. He's going to change things a bit. You could also blame it on injury for sure, because uh, Herbert had that, what was it, uh, rib cartilage fracture that he uh, sus- Thursday night football. Yeah, against yeah, the Chiefs, and he, he gutted it out through Looked that. Looked like he needed to leave that game. Yeah, and yeah. probably miss a couple weeks afterwards, but he did not. He stayed in the game, and he, he toughed it out, so that may well have hindered his effectiveness and uh, his willingness to run because like after uh, in year one, he had 234 rushing yards, five touchdown runs year two, 302 rushing yards, three touchdown runs last year, just 147 rushing yards, no touchdown runs. So he really added nothing as a runner last year and his passing numbers kind of dropped off too. He uh, like hit a a career low 6.9 yards per attempt. Um, his 
touchdown percentage was the lowest of his career. He only threw 25 touchdowns. His sack rate was the highest of his career, 5.2%. Um, like maybe that's just a dip and, and we see him rebound. Maybe the injury bothered him for more this season than we thought. But I like I just don't think that Herbert is like truly a, a running QB. I think he's just kind of a, um, you know, like the, the rushing is gravy with him, kind of the way it is with Joe Burrow. But I don't think he's on Burrow's level as a passer. I just don't. And I, I can't see taking Herbert ahead of elite runners like Lamar Jackson or Justin Fields. And yeah, like maybe those guys have like shorter periods of relevance where, uh, you know, they're not running like that at age 34 or whatever. But like the impact you get now while they are running is just so substantial. I'm also not taking Herbert ahead of Trevor Lawrence. No way, man. I, I just feel like Lawrence has a much higher upside. So I just think he's basically a little overpriced in uh, startups. And if you're picking middle of the first round, I would implore you to consider someone other than Justin Herbert in the five hole, six hole, seven hole. I want to push back on you a little bit okay. here, Fitz, because I like Herbert, but I also have him as QB eight. And I have all those guys ahead of him that, that you just mentioned uh, just off the cuff. I have Lawrence, Fields, Burrow, Lamar, all ahead of him. I think the top three are kind of obvious with Mahomes, Allen, and Hurts, right? Uh, so moving beyond those guys, you know, Herbert is ranked as high as four, I believe, in, in a lot. And his ECR currently is um, five, as we mentioned. But you and I both have him at eight. So I don't have a lot of disagreement here. I agree with you. And I think it's one of those things where, you know, and this is a little bit of my concern with, Kyler Murray with a new coaching staff coming over as well, you know, and maybe, you know, coming from Philly, they wouldn't know this because Hertz ran so much last year, but a lot of times you get a coach in there or the, the QB gets hurt. Like Herbert did on Thursday night football. And they say, all right, well, we're done with that. Right. We're going to keep our, you know, our franchise QB on the field. So we're not going to run them anymore. And maybe for the chargers, it was just at the end of the year because he already had the rib injury, but you always have to consider that, at some point in their career, they're going to quit running and they're, you know, it's going to be taken away from them unless they're Mike Vick or Lamar Jackson. Like those guys will always run. So uh, I'm with you ready to go to some running backs here. Sure. I, I'll add one last thing about Herbert. I will say Please. it's nice that the chargers seem committed to like building around him and, and giving him the optimal setup, you know, getting Rashawn Slater in the first round two years ago, yeah. getting Quentin Johnston, like even though they've got two pretty good starting receivers and a decent third one in Josh Palmer. But, you know, they just throw another log on the fire at wide receiver this year. So I, I like that they're trying to set him up for success. I just worry that, you know, that while he's an above average passer, uh, I don't know if he's a great passer. And I don't know if he's a good enough runner to really move the needle in fantasy. Yeah, you know, it, it's he definitely has an arm. Like, we, we know that. He oh, yeah. throws just rainbows. Uh, you know, so he's got... Uh, a hose, but you know, there's a difference between a thrower and a guy with an arm, you know, a passer and a guy with an arm, he can throw, uh, the passing is, you know, could be uh, a little bit worse than, than we give him credit for. Um, all right, I I'm going to go to running back here and look, you criticize me. I already have a, a sooner. How about a Raven in here? <laughs> and it's not that I dislike this guy. I like JK Dobbins a lot, but J.K. Dobbins has only had 15 touches in his career four times, 15, more than 15 touches four times in his career. 
He's missed more games than he's played in his first three seasons because he missed all of 2021 with the ACL surgery and then came back too early last year um, and had to go back on the injured list after that. So um, he also doesn't catch the football. He's 25 catches over his uh, three seasons. And the the Ravens, they're going to move to a different offense. We've got Todd Monken coming over from uh, Georgia, and they have always used multiple backs at Georgia. I think we're going to see a lot of that from Baltimore. They like Gus Edwards. Uh, I think the good thing for Dobbins this year is that the Ravens didn't go out and add another running back. It's just him and Edwards. Uh, Lamar is back, though, and Lamar is going to be, you know, your number one option on this offense. Plus, they added OBJ, Zay Flowers. Uh, Bateman is going to be a little more healthy. You know, Mark Andrews was banged up after, I believe, it was like week 10 or 11 last year with the the knee and the shoulder. Um uh, for the rest of the season. So I don't know. I'm just not a big Dobbins guy when it comes to fantasy. I would love to see him go to a different team where they would pass the ball to him, um, where he could be the primary number one if he does prove that he's healthy. And he could still be that with Baltimore. But I don't know. I just think we've seen this for three years. Running backs' careers in the NFL are short. He's already had a major injury. And right now in ECR, uh, Dobbins sits at, uh, 16 and I have him in, I have him 10 spots lower than that. I got him at 26 among dynasty RBs. So, uh, your thoughts on JK Dobbins. Totally agree with you, Boggs. Um, first of all, like I'm concerned about the, the running backs who've come off multiple ligament tears in their knees. Like that's, that's a hard thing to do. It's one thing for Brees Hall to come back from just a torn ACL, uh, like, you know, I'm not too worried about right. those guys as long as the recovery period is sufficient. But, um, you know, so he tore his ACL, LCL and meniscus in the 2021 preseason, um, you know, comes back in week three of last year, uh, seemed to be like limping, like didn't look like himself, uh, was used kind of sparingly, didn't really do much. Then he goes back on the injured list, as you mentioned, misses six games. But it maybe it was good, like he got his knee scoped to get the uh, scar tissue broken up and came back and, and looked more like the J.K. Dobbins we had seen before. Um, so like maybe this is behind him. But, you know, with a, an injury like that, it's possible. Like that could be a career shortener. You know, I don't expect to see Dobbins necessarily, uh, you know, lasting into his 30s. Um, which is fine. I mean, we're playing the short game with running backs, granted. But the, the big thing, Boggs, and you mentioned it, the dude just doesn't catch passes. And, you know, most dynasty leagues are full point PPR. So it's hard for him to really, uh, you know, raise that ceiling all that high when he's not going to catch passes. And, you know, like it's it's not the Greg Roman caveman offense anymore. You know, I, Todd Munkin might not be Bill Walsh when it comes to play calling, but he's definitely going to pass more than Greg Roman used to. And we know Lamar likes to call his own number near the goal line. Like he always has. So, um, and Andrews yeah. is down there and, you know, Bateman and OBJ, uh, could, could be, uh, red zone guys. So, uh, Isaiah Likely's an enormous target down there too. So they just got options as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm out on Dobbins and it feels like you are too. Um, my, my second RB here, uh, Fitzy, maybe you'll disagree with this one. I'm going to say Rashad white. And to me, it's not so much that, uh, 
I dislike Rashad White or his talent, but I do think that he could be at peak value right now because let me just ask you this, Fitz. How much does his value lower if the Bucks go out and sign like Zeke right now? Yeah. Right? It it cuts his value pretty close to half, right? Yeah. I mean, Zeke, Dalvin Cook. Um, like I don't know if the Bring I was gonna Fournette. say I don't know if the door is closed completely on Leonard Fournette coming back. So yeah, there's some uh, you know, like the game of musical chairs at running back. The the music hasn't stopped yet. And it's it's very possible, right. like, you know, Tampa. There are only so many possible landing spots here. Like, you know, someone could go to Minnesota if Cook doesn't go there. Someone could go to Tampa. Someone could go to Miami. Like there are a couple other, you know, maybe Denver, a few spots. But like Rashad White, like his status is definitely uh, up in the air and, and could be he could be a peak value right now in advance of the Buccaneers possibly bringing someone else in. But I, I do love the guy Boggs. I, like if you've got other, do you have any other issues with him other than the possible addition of, I, I think that's the biggest thing for me. And, and you know, like he, he's big, he's fast. Um, he can catch the ball real well. I just don't know if he blends it all together to be a guy that can be a 20 plus touch player in the NFL. Right. And uh, right now it looks great because his backups are chase Edmonds who, uh, you know, I would not be surprised if he was cut before the season started. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, who has kind of proven that he is not the guy that we thought he was. And then a U- UDFA in Sean Tucker. So I feel that it's almost guaranteed that the Bucks, you know, it doesn't have to be one of those primo guys, one of those top guys, but just bring in someone that is a rock, you know, that, that can, you know, carry between the tackles and stuff and give, Rashad White a breather because they don't have that on the roster currently unless Sean Tucker proves that he can do it because Vaughn to me has proven that he can't and Chase Edmonds is a receiving back he is a Geo Bernard clone you know little guy so uh, I don't think he's going to be doing a lot of running between the tackles so uh, I feel that it's almost guaranteed that they bring somebody else in unless Tucker just looks real good so um, for me it's right now trade him at his starters value, or if they don't get somebody going in the season, I think I'd move off from him before the season is out for sure. Yeah, the reason I really can't get on board Boggs, I, I do understand that, but like, even if they did bring in Zeke who, you know, might be cooked anyway, or, uh, you know, <laughs> Dalvin cook who probably isn't cooked so to speak, but, um, like could get hurt at any time and, um, is getting older uh, like, I just think White is a pretty good player. And we saw that he was able to sort of force a timeshare with Leonard Fournette, who, like, the Bucks had been really comfortable using, um, you know, even though, like, not a super efficient runner or pass catcher. But the Bucks were clearly used, comfortable using him and using him a lot during the Tom Brady era. But then this rookie comes in and immediately forces, like, a 50-50 timeshare. And this was after we saw the Bucks like, you know, give lip service to playing Ronald Jones. And, uh, you know, we we never saw Keyshawn Vaughn get any traction. And part of it was because they had Tom Brady at quarterback and like, you know, they had to have a decent pass blocker there. They couldn't let Brady get killed. The guy was a statue late in his career. And if Kyle Trask gets this job, Fitzy, he is exactly exactly, Tom Brady clone back there. But but that's the thing, Boggs. I mean, like Rashad White was really NFL ready. Uh, coming out of ASU because this dude can block 
pass block and he can catch passes. Like he's he's good at those things. I think he's better in that role. Like uh, to to me, like so I think he still holds value, but I think his value moves down because if you bring in Zeke, Zeke is between the tackles. If you bring in Dalvin Cook, I mean Rashad White goes to the bench. Yeah, that's so. fair. I mean it's a mistake to look at him as another Najee Harris type right, workhorse right. guy. I agree. Like his best role is probably like you know a little bit of the early down work and then plays on passing downs. Yeah. What running backs do you have here, Fitz? Uh, I've just got one more Boggs and, uh, you know, I'm going to pick on my own Green Bay Packers. It's AJ Dillon. Um, Like I just, Dillon does not contribute that much as a pass catcher, even though he's shown surprising efficiency there, or at least he did a couple of years ago. um, He's just not going to be a heavy contributor as a pass catcher. And he doesn't have the early down work to himself either, obviously with Aaron Jones. I mean, maybe one day, after he's decoupled from Aaron Jones, like maybe Dylan becomes the primary early down back somewhere, but like we haven't really seen too many signs that he's a, a special guy. And I know we want to love those big backs bogs. Dylan is two forty seven, And, you know, going back to Earl Campbell, Craig Ironhead, Hayward, Mike Allstott, we love those guys who can run people over. And Dylan is like huge, you know, I mean, look at the quads on that guy, but um, you know, like he's, He's topped a thousand yards from scrimmage once. Uh, he's averaged 1.8 targets a game over his career. Um, you know, like I, I don't really see a lot of upside here. And his ECR, I think, puts him as like a mid-range running back three. I have him more as like a mid-range running back four. I think he's like a depth piece and not really like a, a guy who can potentially be a long-term starter for your dynasty team. I think I have to agree with you finally on AJ Dillon here fits. And the main thing to me is that uh, the, the, the really the, the thing that hurts my soul watching AJ Dillon is knowing that at Boston college, this dude was everything. I mean, they were giving him the Derrick Henry treatment. So, uh, you know, he was the whole offense. He was everything opposing defenses knew what was coming. And they still could not stop A.J. Dillon. So to to see that at Boston College, a power five team in college, and to see him get drafted with Aaron Jones, that kind of, you know, uh, knocked some of the wind out of my sails immediately. And then when they extended Aaron Jones, I was like, oh, Lord, Uh, another knock to A.J. Dillon's long-term value. And like you said, not a pass catcher, right? Aaron Jones is the main pass catcher. Aaron Jones is also the main between the tackles guy. So we want to see AJ Dillon get more out of, uh, you know, being a red zone back. Maybe he does that now with Jordan love. Maybe they have to go to him a little bit more down at the goal line because it's just, you know, um, you, you're not getting a lot out of Jordan love. So you better run the ball down there. I don't know, but um, you know, he's, he's in a committee behind a back that's better than him. And is going to be for a little bit here. So it's it's I, I, I'm with you in that while he's on Green Bay, probably his value is going to be less than perceived. So I'm with you there. And by the way, Boggs, that was uh, Dylan was part of that uh, not so illustrious 2020 Packers draft where they traded up to draft Jordan Love in the first round. 
uh, came back with, you know, an, an early down thumper running back in the second round, uh, Josiah DeGuara and H back in the third round. Like one of the worst drafts any NFL team has had in the last five years, I think. And Bugs, I Dylan mean, was the best part of it by a million miles too, too much. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like I was so depressed by that draft as a Packer fan, which I like hated at the time. And I think like, you know, time has, has shown that that was not a great, I don't know, maybe Jordan Love turns out to be great and I'll have to change my tune on that. But Man, that was a rough couple of days, Boggs. It was right at the onset of COVID, so I couldn't go out to a bar and, bar and drink my sorrows away. Uh, that was tough, man. Man, yeah, yeah. Uh, drafting all out of Roger Goodell's basement, too. It was a very strange uh, year that year. Uh, I do have one more running back I forgot, I forgot about, but before we get to him, I got to tell you guys about Reality Sports Online, the powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team like an NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? It's time to see what all the buzz in the Dynasty community is about. Free agency, multi-year contracts, a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and much, much more. I think it sounds complicated. It is not. The best thing about Reality Sports Online Fantasy Front Office is that it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just requires more strategy. Think you're among the fantasy elite? Well, this is a platform to test your metal. If you're still not sure, you can test out your general manager skills for free, FRWE, in a mock. If you like what you see, use promo code FANTASYPROS to receive a 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. I forgot about this guy because I was looking last night. I was trying to add my 10th player. I wasn't sure what position I was going to do it at. And I decided to go back to running back and pick on DeAndre Swift. A little bit. And look, I know that DeAndre Swift landed in a great spot being traded to Philly, but he was traded for a six round pick. When you get traded for a six round pick during the NFL draft, that means that other teams, you know, you try to get to squeeze a fifth or a fourth out of them. But the NFL is telling you how they view DeAndre Swift when he only gets moved for a six round pick, a little higher contract as well. So maybe that was a part of it. But for me, you know, I love Swift coming out of college. I thought he was the best running back in that draft, and that is a draft that included Jonathan Taylor. I was higher on Swift than I was on Taylor, even though he had a little size concern. Now, look, I love Taylor too. Don't get me wrong. Uh, and, and when they got drafted, I was the Taylor guy. Uh, but I really liked Swift. But Philly ran the ball very well last season, but 30% of Swift's career touches are receptions. And the Eagles were dead last in the NFL in target shares for in the target share for running backs. Uh, Swift had 70 targets last year on the lions as you know, like the third or fourth option on that team and the Eagles running backs as a whole had 61 targets. So, I mean, new offensive coordinator, Brian Johnson will call more pass plays to the running back. You don't go out and get Deandre Swift. If you're going to run the same exact offense that you had last year, but you know, they, they made the Super Bowl last year with the offense they were calling. So it's kind of one of those, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I think Rashad Penny is a better running back than DeAndre Swift. Swift has also been nicked up pretty much his entire career. Um, and I don't think having DeAndre Swift on this team is going to you know keep them from adding a back soon unless he just you know shirks everything he did with the Lions and is... Uh, an upper echelon pro bowl running back with the Eagles in year one. And I just don't see that happening. 
So I'm a little bit lower than consensus on Swift as well. What do you think about DeAndre? Yeah, I mean, boy, like at least he got a soft landing with the Eagles. You know, like uh, the the Lions pushed him out a, a third floor window and he landed on a pile <laughs> of pillows here with the Eagles. So like he goes to a really good team. But as you said, Boggs, I mean, like uh, Jalen Hurts is not really a dump off type of of passer. He doesn't. The the mobile guys don't need to dump off. Like they, it's right. just easier for them to take off and run and get the yards Same themselves. Same thing with Lamar and, and J.K. Dobbins. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, but I mean, like he. DeAndre Swift spent three years with the Lions and the Lions gave him the resounding uh, thumbs down, you know, like the, the <laughs> yeah. Roman emperor thumbs down. And Joaquin Phoenix and Gladiator. And exactly, right. man. And um, like I was talking to Bob Harris of Football Diehards last night in a, on a show. And, um, you know, he was saying he's talked to two different Philadelphia Eagles beat writers who are adamant in their belief that Rashad Penny will be the primary early down back for the Eagles this year. Well, they got him first. Like he was a priority for them. Yep. So they went and got him first. They also loved what Gainwell did. And we've seen Philly just always use multiple backs. So I question Swift's role. I'm with you, man. And and I, I loved him almost as much as you did coming out of college. Not as, not more than Jonathan Taylor box. You know, that Uh, you're a Wisconsin uh, guy too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I understand that, but let's go to some wide receivers fits. And I'll let you kick us off in, in wideouts here. All right, Boggs, uh, let's fight. Let's argue here. Cause uh, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta bust out a stealer for you. And and we've talked okay. about this on the show. I've done the heel turn with George Pickens. Um, like I used to be a pro Pickens guy and I'm still very intrigued. Um, I'm just going to say, I think Pickens is risky. Like I, I think there's still a path to start him here, but I, I think, it's probably a little riskier than I would be willing to, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not willing to take that gamble on a startup draft anymore, and I'm not really going to go out and trade for Pickens. We saw him make these spectacular highlight reel plays, and I think that's going to draw a lot of people in. I mean, the guy, you know, he's not just good at contested catches. He is special in that regard. Like, that is something he is just freakishly good at doing. But, man, there's some other red flags here. And, and one is that he wasn't able to really draw targets on a consistent basis. His target share was 15.3% as a rookie. He never had more than eight targets in any game. He never had more than six targets from week six on. So like that's concerning. Um, and like, that was, that was the picket time. So it was yeah. man. And and we thought like it was, we were kind of blaming Mitch Trubisky on not looking at Pickens enough and, and Trubisky, uh, you know, Pickett didn't really throw to Pickett's Pickens that much more than Trubisky did. So, and then plus like in the next gen stats, I mean, Pickens graded out near the bottom of all wide receivers in like separation, average separation per outrun, average cushion uh, and yards after the catch. He was kind of a Mike Evans, just like catch it. And that's it. I think he averaged two yards after the catch last year. So again, You're like trying to make a bad argument against the guy, don't compare him to Mike Evans. Uh, come right, on, I know Fitzy. That. Mike Evans is a but legend. I mean, come on. Yeah, exactly. And, and some guys, Aggie. some guys are just that style. Like they, <laughs> they are more air yard specialists, uh, you know, not run after the catch specialists. And maybe Pickens is one of those guys and that's fine. But like the getting separation thing is a problem. And I, I think he, uh, you know, like, when Matt Harmon charted him for reception perception, he noted that Pickens particularly had trouble getting space for himself against zone defenses. And with the uh, you know proliferation of zone defenses in the NFL, like that's a big problem. 
Uh, all right. So, so here's where I'll push back on Pickens for sure here. Uh, number one, why do we care about separation if he is one of the best contested catch guys, you know, that we've ever seen? Coming if out, you don't like, I don't know if, if he's you don't bugs because if you don't separate you don't draw targets your quarterbacks don't like throwing to you if you're wearing your defenders like an italian suit every time like a, yeah, a well-tailored okay. italian suit uh, uh, okay look and and maybe that's something he improves on number two this was the most basic offense that you'll see in the nfl and that is why the steelers fans wanted matt canada fired i mean he wouldn't let pickett change the plays. He wouldn't let him audible. I don't know if if you've seen this yet, Fitz, and you know, I'm a crazy Steelers fan, so of course I've seen all this stuff. But like the the game winning touchdown pass to Najee against the Ravens, like Pickett acted like he couldn't hear Canada and called his own play. Like he heard him perfectly, but he called his own play in the huddle and it scored a touchdown. I think they're going to give Pickett a little more freedom uh to throw the ball. But look, Pickens is probably going to be a boomer bus wide receiver for his career. He's going to live on making big plays and getting in the end zone. So if you want to say that, you know, maybe after this season, his values down a little bit, I completely understand that. I don't think I'm actually very high on him in terms of ECR. I think I'm kind of lukewarm. Uh, so, you know, I'll, I'll give it to you a little bit, but I do think he, he has, there's a lot of meat on the bone for improvement with him. So I think if he works at it a little bit, I think he'll be much better at separation in the second year and that him and, and Pickett will, you know, gain a little more trust. I'm, so. I'm getting a little bit of that Devonte Parker vibe from him, Boggs. Oh, he'll have like this, come on. He'll have this spectacular splash game and then he'll disappear for a month, yeah. you know. Ugh. All right. Well, before you make me sick, Fitz, who's, who's next on your list here? <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go to Debo Samuel. And, um, you know, so Debo's 27 now. Like he kind of, uh, you know, he got old in a hurry on us and he had that crazy 2021 season where he had 1400 receiving yards and six touchdown catches and then added 365 rushing yards and eight touchdown runs. Like, and it was kind of almost like a split season where he was this monster receiver in the first half and then this crazy hybrid weapon in the second half. And look, Boggs, I mean, I think Debo is one of the most dangerous dudes in the league with the ball in his hands. No question. Like, that is his superpower. Put the ball in Debo's hands and, you know, break tackles, uh, elude people. He's he's great at that. But, you know, aside from that year where he had an average depth of 8.4 yards, that's 2021. I mean, last year, his average depth of target was 4.3 yards. 2020, it was 2.2 yards. Like he's been the short area receiver and gimmicky run guy. Like, so I worry that the upside is limited with that sort of profile. And I don't think they're going to need him to do that much rushing because now they've got Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell. And if those guys are healthy, what do you need Debo running the ball for? Except for maybe like, you know, one or two gadget plays a game. Because in 2021, kind of extraordinary circumstances, that was the year uh, Raheem Mostert got hurt in week one and was done for the year. And they didn't have a single other running back play more than 11 games that year, unless you count Kyle Juszczyk. That was it. Yeah. So, I mean, they actually needed Debo to pitch in as a runner that year, and they don't need it anymore. Now it's just like the luxury you can pull out of the playbook when you want to catch some defense off guard, you know? I think the big thing for me with Debo is that maybe he's going to still be 
really good. And, and, you know, obviously the guy gets yak. I mean, stack yak. That That is what he is. It's just pile it up, pile it up. That's why his average depth target is short. It's because they know all they got to do is a short completion to him. It's like a dump off to Christian McCaffrey. It's the same thing. Guy works well in space. He makes guys miss. He runs through tackles and all that stuff. But if you keep throwing these short passes or you keep running him out of the backfield, his career is going to be cut short. You know, running backs don't last long and running backs have much bigger frames than Debo Samuel. So um, I'm with you in that regard. I think the talent is still supremely good. You know, I I think that he is one of the better wide receivers in the NFL, but I do think in terms of dynasty and I'm a short window guy here too. So like I'll roster him without issue now, but I think after two seasons, I'm getting rid of Debo. And if he gets hurt this year or next year, you know, the value is going to absolutely plummet for him. So I am with you. Uh, yeah. Can I, can D-Bow. I better frame that for a sec Boggs? I, sure. I just want to clarify something like that. So, and in, in, in fact, I have Debo on that team where I've got Kyler and two <laughs> as my quarterbacks. And like, <laughs> we, we are listing your roster. Here. Yeah, man. So, I mean, <laughs> we, we did that startup draft in 2020 and like, I've had a, a successful team. I made the championship game, lost it. Both of the first two years, made the playoffs last year, got bounced in my first game, whatever. So like Debo has given me a lot in the three years I've had him. And if like, you know, if I didn't get anything else from Debo, um, I'm, I'm still pretty happy with the value with where I got him in the 2020 startup draft, but I'm just kind of holding him right now and, and riding it out with Debo. Like that's, you know, cause I, I still feel like the, the championship window is pried open just a crack for this team. And, um, you know, basically my thought is that if you're, not a championship contender. This is probably your last good chance to sell on D ball. Okay. Uh, and and that is uh that's a strong case uh, to sell Debo uh, quickly. I'm going to give you the last three guys on my list. I'm going to uh, tell you about all of them and then I'll get your reaction because they're lower. And I am so excited to hear about your last two guys here. Uh, one, one is kind of obvious, but the first one I'm really excited about. So uh, let's start with Calvin Ridley. Ridley is going to be 30 next year. The Jags already have some good receiving options in Kirk, Ingram, and Zay Jones. Ridley had an amazing 2020 season, but missed all but five games in his rookie season. He only played 10 games the next year. And then the weird breakup with the Falcons and then the suspension. There's going to be so much rust to knock off for Calvin Ridley. And they already have good options in Jacksonville. Ridley could easily be the best of Kirk and Zay Jones and all those guys. But I, how would, how do we know? How do we possibly know what to expect from a guy that hasn't played in a year and a half and is, you know, going to be 30 here. So uh, Calvin Ridley is my first wide receiver that I am concerned about. Number two, Mike Williams, the chargers just drafted his replacement in Johnston. And even when he's injured, he is not injured, which is often he's, almost always questionable. My man has been second in target percentage on the chargers only once in his career. Uh, So we can assume he's behind Keenan, but last year Palmer had more. He was second in 21. Hunter Henry got him in 2020. Eckler got him in 19. He was fourth in 2018. Right now, Mike Evans, who you mentioned before is behind him in dynasty rankings. And even with Baker, Mike, Ev- I'll take Mike Evans all day, every day. The dude has never had a season below 10 points per game. Um, and he's only a year older than Mike Williams, too. So I just don't understand the Mike Williams love. And my uh, third one, and I really 
don't understand the love here. I'm going back to Baltimore, and I love this player, but I hate his situation. Rashad Bateman, what is he doing at 38 overall in our ECR? Andrews is the number one receiving option on that team. They signed OBJ, and they drafted Zay Flowers. Bateman isn't dead, but he's probably going to have to get out of Baltimore to have crazy amount of success, and he's not a free agent until 2025, Fitz. So these three guys, Ridley with the rust, Williams with the you know injury history and not getting the amount of targets that we want him to get and having his replacement drafted, and Rashad Bateman getting buried in one offseason I mean, I got major concerns about all three of these guys. All right. I mean, I, I agree with you on Ridley. Um, and I got to fact check you here, Boggs. He is, uh, he's 28 now. He will. Uh, 28. I'm sorry. He'll, he'll turn 29 Off. on December 20th, uh, just about a week after I turned 29, Boggs. Um, oh, we were right after you turned 29. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, Same birthday, you and Mike Williams. Yes. Um, so I mean, My bad, as a year off. And by the time he takes the field for week one, it's going to have been nearly two years since he last played football. And it, as we saw with Deshaun Watson last year, it is hard to come back from that long of a layoff in the NFL. Maybe it's different for a wide receiver than it is for a quarterback, but still, Could man. Be. And like, I don't know. I mean, is this dude really committed to football? Like, yeah, the, the gambling thing, which was just a, a stupid thing to get suspended for. And then like, I know before that, and I, I'm not knocking him for this. I know like he was, uh, you know, I talked about possibly like taking time off for to attend to his mental health. And, and that's great, man. But it's just... Like, I don't know if football is that important to this guy after the gambling thing. Like that, that's my, right. my big issue. Um, and you know, like, is he even going to be the Jags lead receiver? Like, I mean, I've, I've already got a, a prop bet with uh, one of my friends that like, I think Christian Kirk is going to have more receptions and yardage than, than Ridley this year. I and, would take that bet too. Yeah. And uh, like Ingram is still there and Zay Jones and like, they've got some pass catching running back. So like, I know there's probably going to be a lot of love to go around with Trevor Lawrence, but uh, you know, like I just don't see Ridley having one of those smash seasons like he had in Atlanta when it was basically, you know, at first Julio and Ridley and then for a while, just Ridley. So um, I'm with you. I, I feel like the price has come down in dynasty on Mike Williams. Like when I see, Mike Williams trades uh, in my various leagues. Now it seems like there's been sort of a reset with his value. So I, I do agree with the premise that like, yes, he's hurt a lot and he's got all this target competition, but I still like him more than Mike Evans and dynasty Boggs. Uh, and you know, and <laughs> not, Evans, not me. I'm, I'm not, not trying to slam Evans, man, but like, you know, Justin Herbert targets versus Baker Mayfield targets. And the fact that Evans was care. like, I mean, how long did Evans go through a touchdown drought last year? Like nine games. And when Mike Evans isn't scoring touchdowns, man, like that, and he's still in a half PPR. He still averaged more points than Mike Williams. He, he did, but he had that one game where he had three touchdowns. That was kind of like the, the season saver all in one week. Um, but so I don't know, man, like I, I still would feel pretty good about throwing Mike Williams into my lineup any week. He's healthy. You know, I, I feel uh, he's like he's a good player. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm not, and I won't knock the talent on any of these guys. They're all very talented. It's just the the situation uh, for Mike Williams just seems weird. And I and I really like the injury prone guys drive me nuts because it's not just the weeks that they miss; it's the weeks that they're questionable as well. And you don't want to play them. And that is Mike Williams to a T. He is questionable 
pretty much every week. So yeah. uh, he just frustrates me. And, and Bateman Boggs, it's like, I still don't think we have a verdict in on Bateman. Uh, you know, like I, I, I think you're right. Coming uh, out of Minnesota, I, I like I saw a lot of that dude in college. And honestly, I thought he had no weakness bogs, like good route runner, He's good hands, good, player. good after the catch can line up inside or outside. I'm not going to be shy about him just because of Odell Beckham. Cause uh, you know, I'm setting sure. the over under on games played for Odell Beckham at like 8.5 this year. You okay. Know? That's fair. And like Zay flowers. Yeah. I like him as a prospect, but who knows? And we do know they're going to throw to Mark Andrews, but like if Bateman is Bateman is good, he's going to get his. And I still think Bateman is good, so I can't really go with you there. I think I think wide receiver thirty-eight is like fair. Oh, I do not. I, I don't think it's it, it. You know, I think a lot of it is just this year, too. Um, this year is huge for him, and I like Rashad Bateman. But like I said, this is a run-first offense where. Mark Andrews is your number one target getter. But it's not a question. If he's out there, he is the number one. Uh, so who is two? Two is Lamar Jackson. Three is J.K. Dobbins, just in terms of usage and plays that they get. So Bateman at best is four. And with Zay and OBJ there, I just think he's going to be hit or miss this season. And if he doesn't get on his horse this season, his value is going to plummet yeah. uh, after missing so many games last year. So I'm just kind of a, you know, if he's in this wide receiver three, four borderline right now, I feel like, would you trade Bateman to get a sec, uh, 2025 second? 2025 or 2024? Or 2024. 2024. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty fair. That's uh, like, that's a fair exchange, I think. I think if I'm deep at, at wide receiver, I'd probably do that. Yeah. And if I could get more, I would take it. I mean, that's so. that's probably about where we're at with Bateman, admittedly. Yeah. But I mean, wide receiver 38 for a guy who still has like, you know, a lot of years ahead of him. That's the thing. He, yeah, just get out of Baltimore. That's right. why I was hoping he's going to get traded during the draft, but uh didn't end up happening. But you got three more left, and we only got ten minutes. Fixed, Hogs, so I think just two more to the finish line. Two more, two more? right? Yeah. Okay. So, um, okay. and I can go fast on these guys. One, Devonte Adams, and this one's pretty obvious, man. He's thirty now, and like this is going to be the worst quarterback situation of his career. Like he's not working with Aaron Rodgers anymore. He's not working with his college teammates, Derek Carr. Uh, with whom he made such beautiful music at Fresno State and, uh, you know, had such a big year last year. Now it's uh, going to be Jimmy Garoppolo who does not really push the ball downfield aggressively. Like we know that about Jimmy G, like he doesn't do that. So I worry that the ceiling for Devante isn't going to be that great. And, you know, I, I feel like Captain Obvious bringing up a 30-year-old wide receiver is an overvalued guy. But man, his value is his ADP in like startups is fourth round, man. And I'm just like... Even if I'm in win now mode, I'm not drafting Devonte Adams in the fourth round just because I don't think he's going to have one of those 1400 yard seasons this year with Jimmy G at quarterback. Where where do you have him at wide receiver for dynasty? Do you know off the top uh, of your head? Uh, I don't have my rankings up, Boggs, but it's like it's it's in the teen, uh, late teen. No, he's it's like wide receiver twenty. I've got him at like twenty. Okay. Yeah, I so think I'm, I have him at 14. His, his ECR is 16. So you're just a little below. I mean, like, look, this is a guy that I like being the short window guy. Like, give me two years of Devontae Adams over the next five of Rashad Bateman, and I'll be happy. Uh, but if he, it feels to me like if you could get, like, Bateman in a pick, you would probably do it. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I could still see trading for Devontae Adams if I'm, like, in, in the running for a title and I need something to put me over the top, and it's week eight, you know, and I need to just sprint for the finish line. I could see adding Devontae, but, you know, like 
to give up future considerations for him. You just have to know you're not going to get, uh, you know, probably a, a lot more production. You know, he's he's definitely on the back nine of his career and probably on the, the 16th hole or so. So, yeah. um, you know, we've, we've seen other guys like A.J. Green and Julio Jones hit the wall right around the time they turned 30, you know? And and the the drop is precipitous. Yeah. I mean, it is a, a bad drop off. So. so and then my last guy is Marquise Brown, who I swear, like Boggs, I, I just feel like this guy is so perpetually overrated. Um, you know, now he's going to be age 26. So he's still like, you know, young to, to mid career, sort of in the prime of his career. But man, he had a thousand eight yards in 2021. And other than that, he has not hit 800 yards in any of his three other seasons in the league. Um, we saw his targets just dry up, shrivel after DeAndre Hopkins came back from his suspension last year. Like he, he just went, um, and like career average 7.2 yards per carry or yards per target, which is not that great. And then the last two years, 6.9 and 6.6 yards. So, um, nine touchdowns over the last two years in 28 games. I just don't see a lot of sizzle here. And I, I think there's still more enthusiasm for him than there should be. I was so excited uh, about Marquise Brown getting out of Baltimore. I kind of thought that situation where they don't uh, pass enough, you know, uh, was going to be good for him to get out of there. And specifically going to Cliff Kingsbury offense where they throw the ball a million times. And he was pretty good for those first six weeks that uh, Hopkins was suspended. But like you said, Hopkins comes back. Greg Dortch had a couple games with more targets than him. Uh, Zach Ertz is going to be hurt starting this year, but Trey McBride is a good option, uh, you know, as well in that Cardinals offense. So I think I'm with you. I'm definitely, I'm probably not as far down the list uh, as you are on Marquise Brown, but I looked earlier and I'm below ECR, which will be a first for me uh, on a guy with his uh, type of talent. So I I got to, uh, I don't want to be guilty of false advertising. We've only given the listeners 14 people and there is one more guy I totally forgot about because I I neglected the tight end position. We have one tight end. Okay. Who we got? All right. uh, Darren Waller. Um, So man, I saw like his ECR is like tight end eights. I've got him like tight end 18. The, The dude's 30 now. He's missed 14 games over the last two years, and he's had trouble staying mm-hmm. healthy throughout his career. Um, you know, like people are chasing Darren Waller the way people chase Josh Gordon after that 2013 season. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, Waller balled out in 2019 and 2020, but like those years are starting to get further in the rearview mirror. And I don't know if we're going to get that again. And part of the appeal is that the Giants have this bizarre amalgam of wide receivers. It's like this <laughs> crazy cast. Isaiah Hodgins, Slayton, uh, Jalen Hyatt, Wandale Robinson, Sterling Shepard, Jamison Crowder. Like I'm, I'm for- it's all the same guy. It, it yeah. is. It's like all these clones of these little slot guys. And and people see Waller. Oh, this big up. They're going to you know only throw to him in the red zone and all this. But like. We'll see, man. Uh, you know, like he, he's in a new situation. He's never played with Daniel Jones before. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. But, man, I just feel like. Oh, and the other things, Boggs, like if people obviously you're you're looking at a short window of production out of Darren Waller, if you get him. So his production this year is going to be really important to his value. Dude, he's got a murderous schedule this year. Like he's playing a lot of the teams that had like, you, you know, we're holding tight ends to like three or four points a game last year, including a bunch of the teams in his division. So like, I, I'm just not touching this guy anywhere. 
Yeah, look, I completely understand this one. He's missed so many games. Uh, and like you said, you're chasing the dragon. The, you're chasing the 2019, you're chasing the 2020 that he had. I think those are done. You know, I have him, like you said, uh, ECR for Dynasty has him as tight end 11. I'm below that. I got him at 13. You said you you dropped him all the way down to 18. But, like, I could easily see taking a Conquo, a oh, yeah. Florida, Komet, you know, uh, even Schultz, who you're not the biggest fan of, you know, uh, I could see taking him. He could be the safety blanket for CJ Stroud in year one. So, um, yeah, I, I understand. But yeah, Waller is probably getting a little bit too much buzz. I actually just wrote him up for the black book. I'm excited what the middle of that offense looks like. If they can put, you know, uh, Barkley short Waller over the middle and Hyatt deep, that stack could be nice, but I mean, <laughs> How many, how many plays is that a game? That's probably four or five plays right. a game. So, uh, you know, uh, upside for Waller, but he's aging and he's missed a bunch of games and his body has been through a lot. If you've heard anything about his story. So uh, would not be surprised to see him end up on the IR again. Hopefully not, though. But these are the guys that we want to trade. Where did we get it right? Where did we get it wrong? Uh, please let us know in the comments. We appreciate you guys uh, watching and listening. Remember, you can follow Fitz at Fitz underscore FF. What's coming up? Uh, yeah, I mean, like if anyone is doing dynasty startup drafts, I am uh, doing a series where I'm doing positional primers at every position. So if you want to see how to uh, my recommendations on how to attack quarterback, running back, wide receiver and tight end, uh, go over to fantasypros.com and check that out. And uh, yeah, that's that's mainly it for me these days, Boggs. Uh, for me, I've got, uh, obviously, this podcast in this league is going to be coming back, I believe, next week with an episode for you. I'm writing the Black Book and going to submit that uh, pretty soon here for Joe. And I will uh, have a little bit of uh, stuff in the uh, Dynasty Guide here for Fantasy Pros as well. So please check all those out. Follow me on the Twitter at Bogna Sports at Fitz underscore FF. And we will see you guys next week. Take it easy, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Football Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy Pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's Pee Wee Championship game. 
A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.